So listen, let me, let me get right into the meat of tonight's discussion. Let me connect with you tonight and just talk for a minute or two. We have been talking uh, over the last few sessions about dealing with our wounds, being able to bounce back uh, from some of the hurt, some of the disappointments, some of the issues that we have encountered. We've been talking about how to bounce back, how to effectively get back in line and jump back in. Uh, by all means, I want to make sure that as we have been talking uh, over the course of these past few weeks, understanding that all of us have some sort of wounding. We've been hurt. We've been disappointed. Uh, perhaps we have been mistreated and we're trying to bounce back from it. And the reality of it all is this, and you've got to understand this now. If you don't deal with those wounds properly, you can cause more harm than good, especially in ministry, uh, in the preaching ministry and serving God's people and ministering to God's people. If you don't deal with those wounds correctly, you will fall into the trap of what we call as bleeding on the sheep or bleeding while leading, knowing how to properly deal with your wounds. Uh, we've been dealing with those steps to healing. The first thing we said was, is that in order to heal, you've got to be willing to cleanse that wound. To clean that wound simply means that you're going to get all of the dirt, all of the impurities away. You, you basically have got to do that by a twofold process. We said that we cleanse our spiritual wounds through prayer to God, but we also cleanse our spiritual wounds by forgiving one another. And, and I know I've said it, but I'm going to say it again just for the purpose of making sure that you understand where we're going. Forgiveness is a powerful tool. I want to make sure that you understand that. Even in ministry, forgiveness is a powerful tool. In our personal lives, forgiveness is a powerful tool. Because what it does is that it cleanses your heart. It cleanses your spirit. When you are able to forgive others, and watch what I'm about to say, and even forgive yourself, what it does is that it really cleanses your spirit. Talked about this a little bit yesterday as it related to David in the 51st Psalm after he realized all of the sin that he had committed after sleeping with Bathsheba and being responsible for the murder of her husband Uriah, getting Bathsheba pregnant, and then on top of that, trying to cover it all up. Once he saw himself, he had to forgive himself. So through prayer, he goes to God in Psalm 51 and says to God, create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. You know, he, he asks God to clean him up and then he comes right back and then he realizes God against you and you alone have I done this. So I realize that because I did this, I have separated myself from you. Do you not realize that sometimes if we don't deal with our hurts, it will cause us to separate ourselves from God and it will even the more cause us to separate ourselves from one another. So we got to clean the wounds up. That was the first segment. If we're going to bounce back, we got to clean the wounds up. We got to go to God and ask God to forgive us. We've got to repent to God, ask God to make it right. And then after we ask God to make it right, then let's strive to make it right with those who have hurt us. If nothing else than being able to say to them, I forgive you and keep on moving. You got to be able to do that. Then the second thing we said was once you get the wound clean, then you've got to be willing to protect the wound. 
In our last segment, that's what we talked about, wound protection. How do we protect the wound? We've got to bind it up. We've got to bandage it up. We've got to clean it up. Now, how do we do that spiritually? We do that. We protect the wound by changing our minds, changing our mindsets. Sometimes we got to have some attitude adjustments. Sometimes we got to have some thought adjustments, especially in ministry. Sometimes we got to look, learn to look rather at things differently. For so long, we look at it a certain way. And because we look at it a certain way, we can actually cause more harm than good. You know, the reality of it is, is that sometimes we got to remember that your way may not always be the best way. And in ministry, if I've encouraged you as young preachers, one of the things that I encourage you to do is have a listening ear. Be willing to listen. Be open to ideas. Be open to different concepts. Don't, don't, don't go in with the mindset that my way is the only way. And then even on top of that, how do we do it? Romans 12, 2 says that we cannot be conformed to this world. You don't allow the way the world thinks to shape your thinking. Don't allow the world's attitude to shape your attitude. Don't allow the world's opinion to shape your opinion. But what did Paul say? You've got to be transformed by the renewing, by the changing, by the readjusting of your mind. Change your thought process. If I could say this to a young preacher, change your thought process, it will change your life. If you will change that thought process, you know, really in a real sense, here's, here's the, the point I was trying to get over in the last session. The mind has so much to do with not only your progress, but also your process. Joyce Meyer wrote a book some years ago entitled The Battlefield of the Mind, understanding that the fight that you fight is in your mind. Romans chapter seven, Paul said, I got a war going on. There's a war going on between my flesh and my spirit, so much so that when I would do good, evil is always present. But I cannot allow my thought process to lean more toward evil than good. Sometimes I got to learn how to just shake it off. Sometimes I got to, here it is, uh, young preachers, here it is for all of us. Sometimes if you're going to protect those wounds, you got to ignore ignorance. Good God, that's powerful. Let me say that again. Sometimes if you're going to protect your wounds in the process to healing, you got to ignore ignorance. Everything doesn't require a response. Everything does not require your opinion. Sometimes the best thing you can do is say nothing. Think about that. Think about that. You know, everything hurts. We've been wronged. We've been mistreated. We have been hurt. That's a reality. And sometimes some of those hurts are self-inflicted. We bring it on ourselves. Sometimes our hurts are self-inflicted because we struggle. And I'm about to talk to somebody with spiritual low self-esteem. We struggle with low self-esteem because I'm allowing what I see in others to cause me to fall into the trap of comparison. When in reality, please understand that there is a gifting in each and every one of us. The Bible says that God created us unique unto himself, which simply says there's a gift that you have that no one else has. 
There's an ability that you have that no one else has. You don't get hung up and worrying about what everybody else is doing. No, focus on what you are called to do and watch the awesomeness that comes. So what we got to do is we got to take our minds off of ourselves. We got to take our fleshly desires away. We got to get rid of the spirit of self-pity. We talked about that in our, in our last segment. Get past that spirit of self-pity. Stop beating yourself up when you mess up. Stop beating yourself up when you fail. Let me say this especially to young preachers in a way of mentoring. Stop beating yourself up if things don't go well. Don't, don't beat yourself up when that sermon doesn't get over well or, or you have not properly studied and know you have not properly studied and you really go in doing the best you can with that lack of study, don't beat yourself up. What you do, get up, dust yourself off, clean the wound of the lesson, wrap that wound up and get back into the fight. That's what you gotta do. You know, let's stop focusing on the pain because when you focus on the pain, you give way to the enemy to play tricks with the mind. So we've covered those in the last two segments. And so tonight I want to introduce this third and final piece to healing our wounds. How do we heal? How do we bounce back from hurt? How do we bounce back from disappointment in ministry? How do we bounce back from disappointment in life? Because truth be told, these principles can relate even to our own lives. We've talked about cleaning up the wound. We've talked about protecting the wound. Here is the last one. The last key to bouncing back from hurt and being healed. Once you've cleaned the wound, once you have protected the wound by wrapping it up and changing your mind, finally, here's the last one. You got to monitor that wound. You got to monitor it. If someone has ever been injured or has been hurt, they go in, they clean the wound up, whether it be stitches or, or you know, setting thing, resetting a bone or what have you. They place the cast on it to protect it. And then ever so often, you've got to go back into the doctor so the doctor can look and monitor to see how well you are healing. This is going to be a tough one tonight because I'm going to say some things that I pray will minister, but they're going to be a little hard to hear. So stick with me tonight. Uh, please, please don't, don't shut me out. Hear, hear what I'm saying because I want to help you. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we find these classic words of scripture. Peter says to the believer, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, roareth about as a lion or like a lion seeking whom he may devour. There are two words there in the beginning of that verse that I really want to kind of zero in on. The first word, be sober. The word sober simply means that I am going to make sure I stay in a state of mind that I am alert and aware of my surroundings. Sober simply means that I am not going to become, get ready for what I'm about to say, so intoxicated with my environment that I lose sight of what's happening around me. Let me say that one more time. Sober says that I am not going to be, become so intoxicated with what's happening around me 
that I lose sight of what's going on around me. Be sober. Be sober. That simply means that I'm going to stay alert, stay aware. Please tonight, let me encourage young preachers and those of us in the preaching ministry to simply remember, don't get so intoxicated with power. Don't get so intoxicated with influence. Don't get so intoxicated with having a name or having a title that you lose sight of your calling. You lose sight of the assignment. Truth be told, sometimes we can do that. Even in our own personal lives, we can become so engulfed and so focused on what I have, what I don't have, who I know, who I don't know, that we lose sight of what's most important. Stay alert. Be aware. Monitor what's going on around you. If you are not alert, particularly in the areas where you have been hurt and disappointed, guess what happens? You run the risk of reinfection. And what happens with reinfection is reinfection will not only affect that area of wounding, but if it is not treated, that infection will spread to other areas that you think are well but are actually causing more harm and will actually end up rather causing more harm than good. Stay alert. If you've been hurt in this area of your life, stay alert, stay focused on that. Monitor it, pay attention to it because if you're not careful, you will repeat something and end up going through something you've already been through before. This is important, especially in ministry. Because I want to make this thing live tonight since we're talking to young preachers or preachers in general. Please understand, if you are in a situation where you continue to commit the same mistakes and the same errors, if young preacher, you find yourself bouncing from church to church to ministry to ministry to reformation to reformation, the problem is not the church, the ministry, or the reformation especially if you're bouncing from place to place, get ready for this, and you find yourself encountering the same issues. Listen, if you had a problem with submission on this side of town and don't change your actions or change your attitudes, you're going to have a problem with submission wherever you go. So you've got to monitor it. You've got to be sober. Peter says, be vigilant. In addition to staying alert, I'm going to be vigilant. I'm going to stay on top of things. Stay alert. Stay focused. I'm going to stay on top of it. I'm going to really do better by this. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to learn from my errors, and I'm going to do better. See, sometimes what ends up happening is we make mistakes, we get hurt, and we wallow in the hurt of the mistake that we've made. No, get up. Dust yourself off. Clean your wounds, bandage yourselves, and get back on the road to recovery. You know the revelation that sort of comes to mind right about now? Do you remember the story of the Good Samaritan that went down the road and found the man lying in the side of the road after being beat up and uh, stripped, whipped, and left for dead? I'll never forget that's a sermon I preached a few years back from that text. 
stripped, whipped, and left for dead. The reality of it is that road was already a dangerous road. There were a lot of curves in it when you study that text. And because there were a lot of curves in it, the Bible says that thieves could really hide out anywhere. So here comes this man coming through and he gets robbed. They stripped him, they whipped him, and then they left him for dead. The Bible says a priest came by, looked at him and kept going. The Levite looked at him, kept going. But the good Samaritan did three things. He stopped. He, first of all, cleaned up the wounds. Secondly, he protected the wounds by making sure that he was bandaged up and he received wine of that sort of thing. But then he monitored the wound. Read the text. He took him to the nearby inn and said to the innkeeper, take care of him. Watch out for him. And whatever he owes when I come back through, I will pay it. Sometimes you've got to have somebody or someone in your life that's going to help you monitor your situation, that's going to help you monitor that hurt. You need somebody, please hear me, young preachers, connect with somebody that's going to hold you accountable to a standard for your progress. Not a standard that's going to give you what you want at that moment in time but give you something that's going to hold you to a standard of progress. Somebody in your life that's going to come to you and tell you, you know this ain't right. Get your act together. Get somebody in your life who's going to see you where you are and help you get to where you need to be. Not where you, you did catch that word right, need to be, not want to be. Because there's a difference between need and want. There's proof of that in scripture. There is a way, the Bible says, that seemeth right to a man. It looks right. It sounds right. It might even feel right, but it might not be right for you. So what you need is somebody in your life that's going to come along and basically say, I'm going to help you move from where you are to where you need to be. I'm going to help you heal. Now, in order for me to help you heal, you got to check in. We got to check in with each other. You know, the only way that a broken bone is going to fully heal after it's been reset is you got to go to your doctor's appointments and you got to endure the physical therapy. You got to endure, watch what I'm about to say, the pain of recovery. See, sometimes we think recovery is supposed to be easy. No, sometimes recovery is painful thinking about a story that was once told about a little boy that was born and his foot was turned backwards. And so the parents were concerned and worried, how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to help him get back to this? They took him to several doctors and the doctors were saying, it's out of our hands. There's not too much we can do. Some doctors were saying the only thing we could really do is break the ankle and reset it for it to be right. And so the parents were like, we don't want to put him through that pain. That's going to be painful. So they finally found a doctor and that doctor said to them, this is what I need you to do every day, sit him down and take his ankle and begin to turn it. Just begin to turn it, turn it a little more the next day than you did the day before. And so the parents were like, but that's going to hurt him. Doctor said, yeah, I know it's going to hurt him, but keep turning. It's going to make him cry. Let him cry. But 
just keep turning. He's going to cry out in pain. He's going to scream. We don't want to inflict that sort of pain on our son. The doctor said, I know you don't want to, but you have to keep turning. Well, as, as, as it came to pass, the story says that they every day continued to turn that little boy's foot. They began to twist it. They began to twist it. Oh, he would cry out in pain. Tears would fall from his face, but they continued to twist it. They continued to turn it. Oh, he cried out, this hurts. I don't want to do it. And his mother and father say, yeah, but we got to do it in order for your foot to be turned correctly. They kept turning. After a while, they began to see some remarkable results when they went back to the doctor. And the doctor says, I can see what you've been doing. I can see you have been turning it because now his foot is beginning to turn straight. And after a while, they continued to turn it. And as they continued to turn it, after a while, the little boy was able to stand up without assistance. They kept turning it. And after turning it, the little boy who once had to be carried everywhere was now not only able to stand without assistance, but he was able to make a few steps on his own. They continued to turn that foot. They continued to twist it until they got it right. And after a while, the little boy who only could just sit and had to be carried everywhere was able to move from standing on his own to taking a few steps without falling. Now he's able to run and maintain some agility and some strength in his run. It was painful, but when it was all said and done, when the monitoring process was done, when the pain was over, when it was all behind him, he was able to see his own progress. He was able to look back and remember when folks had to carry me to get wherever I needed to go. And now because I endured the pain, I'm able to do it on my own. When your spiritual wounds are not closely monitored, you're going to run the risk of infection. And young preachers, even in the midst of your hurt, if you do not connect with somebody who's going to help twist that foot and turn your heart and twist your mind and change your attitude and change your focus. Is it painful? Yes. Does it hurt? Pain. Does it hurt? Yes. Am I going to get my way? No. Am I going to be able to do what I want to do? No. But look at this. After a while, you'll be able to move past that pain and move to that next place. See, here's reality, young preachers. The enemy would love nothing more than to see you remain in your hurt. Fellow preacher, fellow pastor, the enemy would love nothing more than for you to continue to bleed on those you've been called to lead. The enemy would love nothing more than for us to remain discouraged because we have fallen into the traps of self-pity. We have fallen into the traps of giving in, giving out, and giving up. It's a painful process, but it's a fruitful one. You got to stop dwelling on all the hurt you've encountered. You got to stop dwelling on how you have been hurt. You've got to stop dwelling on how people have disappointed you. Young preacher, stop dwelling on the times that they didn't let you preach. Stop dwelling on the time that pastor didn't let you do what you thought you should have done. Stop dwelling on it. And by all means, let me say it because it's in my heart heavy to say. 
Stop dwelling on it to the point that you keep bouncing from church to church to church looking for something you're not qualified nor ready for. See, the reality of it is if you continue to bounce from place to place, watch this. Here's something you probably hadn't thought about. Do you not realize that every time you bounce from one place to another, the cycle starts all over? And I can tell you from personal experience, when you start bouncing, guess what? It's going to get harder with every time you bounce. Sometimes you've got to learn. Here's a great book for every young preacher. Here's a great book. I want to encourage every young preacher to get this book. The book is entitled Bloom Where You Are Planted by Dr. Terry Nance. I want to encourage you, get that book, read that book, and understand that the God we serve operates in seasons. Everything happens in God's own timing. And just because you want it now doesn't mean you're ready for it now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take it a step further. Hopefully, I'll help somebody with this note as I prepare to wrap up for tonight. You're wanting it can sometimes be dangerous. I'm going to say it again. You're wanting it can sometimes be dangerous. Because just because you want it doesn't necessarily mean you can handle it. Just because you want to be a millionaire doesn't mean you can handle being a millionaire. If you can't do right by $100, how are you going to do right with a million? In order for your wounds to heal, you got to go through the process. And not only must you go through that process, here's my nugget for tonight. You got to trust that process. You got to trust it. Trust the process. Can't help but think about Cam Newton playing now for the Patriots. Can't help but think about it. Everybody thought after his injury, the multiple surgeries, the car accident, the shoulder injury, the leg injury that he encountered. Everybody thought he was washed up. He was done. But look at him now. Through the process of healing, however painful, to basically have to sit out a season, it was painful. To basically be in free agency up until weeks before the season began. That had to have been painful. But now when you look back at it, all of it was worth it. Trust the process. Go through the process. Encounter the process. How do you do it? Once you cleanse that wound, once you've protected that wound, you got to watch that thing closely. You got to watch it closely. And if anything gets close to that wound that could cause infection, what you got to do is be able to watch back and step away from it. Sometimes you got to be able to find yourself distancing yourself from situations. It doesn't mean that, that, that it changes how you feel about a person, but sometimes where I'm trying to go is more important than where I am. Young preachers, trust the process. Please trust the process. Here's the second time I've said this tonight. And in trusting it, don't rush it. Don't rush the process. You're dealing with spiritual wounds. You have been hurt. Some of you are even trying to hide it. I hear you, Holy Spirit. You've been trying to hide it. 
you've been trying to cover it up. Perhaps there's a preacher who's watching me tonight, a pastor who's watching me tonight, and you're trying to cover it up by preaching. You're trying to use preaching as a means of covering the wound instead of dealing and treating the wound. You got to be able to confront that hurt. You got to be able to deal with that wound. How do you do it? How do you monitor the wound? You got to be sober. Stay alert. Be vigilant. Stay focused. Stay focused on where you are. Stay focused on where God called you. And then, as my favorite passage of Scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him. Did you catch, did you catch the formula? Catch that formula again. Trust in the Lord. I'm wounded, but God, I trust you. I'm hurt, but God, I trust you. Lean not to your own understanding. That's where we miss it right there. Stop trying to understand it. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to clean it up. Stop trying to hide it. Oh my God. Stop trying to act like you have no issues. Be honest with yourself and be honest with those that are connected to you. Every preacher ought to have a pastor. Be honest with that pastor. If you don't have one tonight, you need to start praying and asking God to give you a pastor. Somebody that you can run to and look to for guidance and direction and covering and correction. Find that person. Find that person that's going to tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear it. Find that person that loves God and loves you enough to help you overcome and bounce back. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Get this one. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. God, I acknowledge you in my hurt. Mm. God, I acknowledge you in my circumstance. God, I acknowledge you as I heal from my wounds. God, I acknowledge you as I try to bounce back from this issue that I've been dealing with. God, I acknowledge you in the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, the beautiful, the ugly. God, I acknowledge you in everything. The word acknowledge simply means to realize you know he's there to recognize something or someone is there. To acknowledge simply means that I'm letting God know, God, I know you're there. And watch what he said. When you trust him with all your heart, you lean not to your own understanding. And then in everything, you remember he is there. He will direct your path. And then, after you've cleaned the wound, you protect the wound, and you monitor the wound, you will then be on the road to spiritual healing. You can't heal what you ignore. You can't heal what you won't clean up. You can't heal what you're not willing to protect. And God knows if you ignore it instead of monitoring it, you will set yourself up for reinfection. 
I pray I've helped somebody tonight for these last few moments of sharing. I pray that this has ministered to somebody. This, this in all honesty, has been one of the most powerful, if, I'm, if I may be transparent, it's been one of the most powerful series that I've been able to share, not only with DYP, but just in general. Because through this, this series of bouncing back, I've been able to deal with some of my own hurts. Allow me to be transparent for a moment. I've been able to deal with my own disappointments with people. I have been able to overlook some of the failures I made that I'm still paying for to this day. I've been able to look at myself, take a long look at the man in the mirror and say to that man in the mirror, you are worth something. Tonight, I want to encourage somebody. I got to encourage somebody. Cleanse your wounds. Clean them up. This is your moment to get real with you. Young preacher, COVID has shut the church down. Fellow pastors, we're not traveling during revivals and services as we would be normally doing. This is our season to sit down, get ready for this, and have a conversation with that man that looks back at us, that woman that looks back at us in the mirror. We got to really confess our faults. We need to repent to that person in the mirror. We need to ask that person in the mirror for forgiveness. Because sometimes we've disappointed that person that looks back at us in the mirror. We've cheated that person that looks back at us in the mirror. We have mistreated that person that looks back at us in the mirror. We've held things over that person's head. And we've told that person sometimes, not just in words, but more so in our actions. You are stuck in this and you'll never come out. I shared this with a fellow pastor, dear friend and brother of mine. Sometimes the reality of it is you got to get real with yourself. And guess what? When you get real with yourself and allow yourself to see yourself, then you can come back and with the help of God, heal yourself. Thank you for joining me on tonight. I pray I've said something to be of help to those of you who have connected with us. Pray that this has ministered. This is, again, has been an awesome series. And I'm grateful that the Lord allowed this series to minister to me first. And I pray even the more that as it has ministered to me, I pray that I have effectively shared it so that it ministers to you. Again, I thank God for all of you. Remember this in my closing moment. Never forget in the midst of your wounds, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. Oh, but here's the good news tonight. By his stripes, we are healed.